Great morning, everybody. Great morning. Bro, I thought you weren't going to show up. I was swiping in other apps. And you don't know me well enough. No, I, I know when you say I'm ready, I should wait like two, three minutes. I always show up. It's all good. It's all good. Man. Just had to, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Cooper, how are you, sir? I'm phenomenal, bro. I'm phenomenal. Just playing, just playing checkers around here. It's all good. I'm a chess player, so. Well, we'll get. I'll get to chess, but we gotta play checkers right now. <laughs> you, you know how you shouldn't tie your emotions to your outcomes. Yeah, I I had an awesome weekend. You it did, was a huh? great, great weekend. I feel Very like productive weekend. I feel like that's what people that are in that growth mindset, I feel like that's what they say when they had a loss. See, that's you, – you just you explained <laughs> my feelings when I said, you know, you're not supposed to uh, – It's all good. It's all good. I just – I'm just poking the bear. It's all good. No, we're just – we're here for growth. We're all learning, growth, bro. Right? All learning. Exactly. All yeah, no, learning. man. I'm good. How, how are you, though? You, you said you're playing checkers. Red yeah. or black? What? What color? I'm playing on both sides, dude. So like, mm-hmm. where you like weird dude at the park? Yeah, I'm the one dude at the park. You know, I'm trying to get all the pieces in the right place so we can win the game. You know, so I got to jump to red, move a couple of uh, places. Then I go to the black. Got to move them in a couple of places. You know, so it's it's all good, man. It's all good. Learning, learning, learning. But uh, yeah, we got about three weeks three weeks until we can move on some stuff so uh yeah i'm chilling build building this youtube page a little bit you know it's all good that's all i got man kids are good wife's good um yeah love it as coop would say love it love it love it all right, bro, let's get into this podcast. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, everybody. Caleb, bring in our guests for today. Hey, everybody. On today's episode of Shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb, we're going to talk to a good friend of mine named Quentin Super. Um, Quentin is uh, an author, athlete, teammate friend writer maybe i'm repeating myself um q thanks for being on the show man i appreciate you guys it's a pleasure to be on the show um yeah you give me a lot of credit when you say athlete but i'll take that as a compliment (laughs) well 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 q you are one man so i'm gonna let you i'm gonna make you take it but uh the first question we always ask everybody is hey man tell us a little bit about who you are what you do, and also why you do it. Okay. So my name is Quentin Super. Um, as Caleb said, I'm a writer, author, ghostwriter. I basically do a lot of different things with writing. Um, and the reason I do that is because I love it. I'm passionate about it. I've been doing it professionally for the last five years, and it, it, it gives me the chills. It gives me those good feelings that you know not too many things on this planet have been able to do. And so I feel very fortunate to have found something that I'm both interested in and that, you know, can make me a little bit of money. That's okay. Caleb, you taking the rock or? No, you got you got the rock, Coop. Got it, got it, got it. So uh, before we get started, Quentin, um, can I call you Q? Of course. All right, sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, so what made you get started into writing? It's a good question. Uh, before, you know, even in college, Cooper, I wasn't a big, avid reader. I was just a guy who would read, you know, like the required text for, you know, bio 101 or whatever. Um, but I got to a certain point in life where once I got into grad school, I started to really read these like complicated texts that made absolutely zero sense to me. And I remember walking into one of my professor's offices and I said, hey, I, I, I don't even know why I'm in this program. I, I can't understand most of these texts. And she's like, well, just give it a month, give it two months. And so eventually, like I gave it a month, I gave it two months. And things started to make a little bit more sense. Um, and at that point, it was it was also around that same time, I should say, I had a couple options. It was like, 
you know, you can write this long thesis that's like 120 pages and you have to do all this research and stuff that I absolutely hate to do. Or you can write <laughs> a creative work and you can, you know, do whatever. And I'm not a guy who ever thought about writing creatively, but I got to the point where it's like, oh, I'm certainly not going to do the thesis. So I, I was, I just decided to write a story and the story was going to be about a, a cycling journey that my buddy and I took during a spring break one year where we went from St. Cloud, Minnesota, where we were attending school and we went up to Winnipeg, Canada. And I started writing that story and lo and behold, about a year later, it started to feel good. Like I started to really enjoy it. And I'm like, I'm going to try to publish this book. And that was sort of the genesis of what led to me being a writer. Q, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Obviously an NBA player, Caleb. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Excuse so, my partner with the dumb questions. Stupid question. <laughs> stupid Hard. question. I, I, I set myself up, up for that. So... So going from the athlete dreams to the moment when you were like, hey, I think I want to become a writer. Um, did you second guess yourself at all? Not at all. It's, um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I've never really second guessed things I've done. I usually just fail. And then when you fail miserably enough, you, you kind of go on to a new venture. So like being an athlete, right? Again, every kid is like, I'm going to be in the NBA or NFL or whatever sports you really love. And then junior year of high school, like, was abruptly cut from the team. And so it's like, all right, kind of transition, <laughs> figure something else out. And to be honest, like, I didn't know what I was going to do for the, the next couple of years. And, you know, you get into college and you do enough dumb things and you get enough experiences. And like anything in life, you know, Caleb, I'm sure you, you understand this being a realtor. You talk about the process. I totally agree. Is You just kind of live your life. And if you're passionate about it and you have a good attitude, it'll give you a few, like, a few doors will open. And it's up to you mm. guys take those mm. you said uh college in there oh, Coop, um, not again Coop. we've been what? no i just can i breathe no it, you can breathe you can breathe Coop. okay just just what sensitive subject i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna ask a question all right i'm ready q you said college yes what, sir what were what were your thoughts, your personal thoughts about college? Just curious. Well, college is amazing, Cooper. I mean, in the sense of you go there, you become smarter, you drink too much alcohol, you swipe too many times on Tinder, and, you know, you have a good time. Um, and that would be sort of a really small microcosm of my college experience. But really, like, I lucked out because I ended up meeting a guy by the name of Ryan Brandenburg. And, you know, he was a big biker. And I had only really like the most biking I ever did growing up was biking to Dairy Queen with my dad. So right. it was like, all right, like this guy wants to go. And we, we didn't start off doing anything crazy. It was just a matter of like, hey, man, I'm sick of going to like the row of college bars in St. Cloud. Let's go find a new bar. And so we biked to a suburb of St. Cloud, had a good time. The next night, it's like, well, let's push it a little further. And so instead of going like four miles, we went 15 and you know that night we ended up like biking back at one in the morning like just absurdly wasted and probably not a good idea but you know you got to start somewhere and from there it just evolved and it turned into like well why don't we go 60 miles so we ended up going to Brainerd Minnesota one weekend and then we had to come back the next day and it really it just started again because like we wanted to we wanted to have some fun and it was as simple as like let's go have a few Grey Goose Red Bulls at the bar and the crazy thing enough is, again, we saw the door and we just kind of opened it and we walked through and we were unapologetic about it. And again, that that sort of um, eventually led to everything else that happened. Q, when, let's get into the biking because you're going through these, you know, these 60, you know, 60 mile bike rides. Um, obviously, those are not I mean, they're doable for sure. Right. But they're difficult. Like take us through your thought process when you're, when you're going on a longer ride and it's hard and you're halfway through and you got another half to go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, of course it's hard because you've never done it before. And so, you know, I remember that first 60 miles going to Brainerd, you know, we, I think I brought two plastic water bottles and that was all the water I had. And I'm like, well, we'll have a gas station on the way, but there were no gas stations. Like you're traveling through rural Minnesota on these back roads where like you see cows and like ostriches. And it's like, I don't even know where I am, but <laughs> I'm in Minnesota. 
And the crazy thing enough is on that trip, we ended up just coming across this like house that was that like it was a convenience store, but it was a house. And of course, it was closed at like 5 p.m. on a Friday, but it had a mountain, <laughs> it had a Mountain Dew like soda machine outside. And so I start, you know, like, of course, I don't even have cash. Like, that's how much of a millennial I am. And so, like, fortunately, my buddy Ryan, he has a couple bucks and then we start guzzing Mountain Dews. But that's like our hydration to get to to Brainerd. And right. like, what's interesting is you just, you kind of figure it out. Like, of course, my legs after 40 miles are absolutely shot because I've never gone this far. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the yellow brick road is perhaps a couple of geese, a couple of gray goose. And so we keep going, we keep going. <laughs> and, you know, the alternative is like, you call your buddies who, who drive a four door sedan back home, be like, Hey, uh, can you come pick us up? It's like, no, that isn't an option. So you just keep going and you end up hitting your destination. It's it, it's amazing how like obviously you could have quit and you wanted to quit, but when it wasn't an option, really, what happened, right? You you, you made it to your destination and and it was an epic, you know, adventure and memory, right? Like you pushed through. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Do you did you relate that to your to your writing career? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I still do because. You know, what the one the beautiful thing about cycling is it ends, you know, and it's like, okay, I reached my destination. And that's whether you're going to Winnipeg up in Canada, that's whether you're biking across the country, like there's an end goal that you're trying to accomplish, Caleb. But with writing, there isn't one. Like I will never be a perfected product. I will always mm-hmm. be sort of a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm constantly looking for people to learn from, you know, like and that's why you and I like we we connected in a way because it's like Caleb knows something I don't and Cooper as well. He knows something I don't. And I want to know what those guys have, because even though you guys aren't writers, your perspective will give me something that I can use in my own life, not necessarily in terms of writing, but it just, it'll make me a smarter person because you guys are both entrepreneurial minded. You're both trying to improve and level up and that will only benefit me. But, but, but Q, um, I mean, you, you went to college though. Why, why still, uh, why still do that? Like, where, where did that mindset come from? Writing, specifically? The looking to improve from other people. I think it's because you look at anyone who's successful, and they always talk about failures and trials and tribulations, Cooper. And they're like, well, you know, I, I didn't, like, again, let's, let's say Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. They didn't just come out of the womb billionaires. You know, they had to, like, go through a process I mean, Amazon started selling books, for example, and now it's an entity that sells you pretty much whatever you want and you can get it immediately. Well, Jeff Bezos probably didn't have all those ideas in his head. He had to you know, outsource his weaknesses. He had to bring in talented people. And it's the same thing for me. Like right now, I'm, my second book will be published this year in a few weeks, actually. And it's like the amount of people who I've had help bring this to this production to what it's going to be is it's crazy because, you know, I have two editors, you know, the audio book, it has, it has two people who are creating that. And it's like, I don't know. Do you guys know what the auteur theory is at all? It's like related to art and like film and things like that. Please explain. Yeah, please explain. Auteur, I think is French for author, but it's basically like typical um, sort of concept. It talks about movies, right? If you think of a movie, typically, at least in like, let's say the earlier days of cinema, the director would get all the credit, right? Like you think of Alfred Hitchcock, Steven Spielberg, those types of guys. Um, everyone thought like, oh, that's Spielberg's movie. That's Alfred Hitchcock's movie. But there's so many people that go into that production, right? And so whether it's, you know, Caleb, you doing real estate, like, of course, you're the guy spearheading everything. But there's people around you that have like given you knowledge and that are helping you ascend. And I think that's what's beautiful about not only art, but also life. That's so, I, I love that because it's, it's, it's the easiest and hardest thing to do is connecting with those people, right? Or, or finding those people. And I love how you said like in college, like you made a connection or you met a guy, you know, that liked to ride bikes. Um, I just, I just love, it. I just love your, how you said also, you know, you, you look at these billionaires, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, and they had people around them. So that, so to me, that tells me that you're, you study, you study success. And uh, I I love that because success leaves, leaves clues. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and uh, no, that's great. That's great. Certainly, man. It's success. Absolutely. Leaves clues. Like I'll give you an example. I watch way too much YouTube. And so, you know, instead of like, let's just say watching toxic things that aren't going to make me any better. Like I just basically try to apply a lot of YouTube theory or a lot of YouTube strategies that a lot of people do to, to my blog, you know, cause my blog isn't ever going to be like a 1 million uh, subscriber base, but like I have thumbnails, you know, like I have tags, I have all these things that would optimize my articles to give to, to potentially reach the most wide audience that it could. And it's just like, instead of you know wasting my time, again, watching YouTube videos, aren't going to make me any better. I always try to learn a little something. Um, Cause I think there's just an immense value in that. And also having the humility of like, Hey, I don't know everything like that goes so far with people. You know, like, again, if someone, whenever someone asks me like, Hey, how do you, how do you write this? Or how do you, how do you write that? I'm very humbled. And I'm like, okay, not only do I want to help this person, but I appreciate the fact that they recognize like the work that I put in and they want to learn from me. It's just like, again, I, I think there's so much to giving and then receiving. And if people take that mindset and apply it, um, gosh, we can all do some crazy things, fellas. Well, that's, <laughs> next week. <laughs> that's, I'm, that's, oh, I'm just going to agree, man. That's, that's so true. I'm all about give, 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 like expect nothing in return. You know what I mean? Um, It'll come back to you. You know what yeah, I mean? Every like, time. Tenfold. Tenfold. <laughs> tenfold. It will. Um, there's a guy who I'll plug. Um, he's a big real estate guy. His name is Ricky Caruth. He sells you know, a couple hundred houses a year, every year, right? Mm-hmm. And he coaches people for free. like, And he's been doing it for years. And he's like, I can't believe people pay for coaching. I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. and people tell him he's crazy but i mean it comes back to him every single time boomerang effect like you said q but but i'm i want to dig deeper into into some of your story like can we you have a lot of drive clearly you know we can tell you know you, you're a writer you, you know sounds like you're in a graduate pro you were in a graduate program um you're doing things very hard um, physically when it comes to endurance, um, why push for all of those things? Why not? Like anyone can be anything, but most people don't, right? Why are you trying to be all you can be? And, and the why thing, the why part's tough. So uh, if we're putting you on, on the spot, I apologize, but we, you know, Kupai, we always want to know. Of course. It's the point of the podcast, I'd imagine, right? Um, yeah. Big part of it, big part of it, right? Yeah, certainly. Uh, the why? I mean, it's a great question because it, it it encompasses so much. For me, like, I, I wish I could say I'm this completely selfless individual, fellas. But the reality is, is you know, like like a lot of people, I have an ego, you know. So, um, in an ideal world, right? Would I love to have you know um, a lot of money, you know, a lot of like options when it comes to finances, or would I love to have a couple different women to choose from to be my wife? For sure. But the reality is, is like, if you start chasing those things, you know, women and money, you're not going to get very far. Um, the why for me is what's life without passion. And I know I've probably used the word passion five different times already. So I apologize for the redundancy. But like, again, I, I think where a lot of people maybe fall short in life is they don't have something that they're constantly working at and trying to improve upon. And for me, again, it's writing. And you know, I, sometimes I, I, I kind of pinch myself because I'm like, well, why would you choose writing? Like if I chose real estate, for example, right, like maybe I could actually make some really good money as opposed to writing, which is like, hey, let's invest 25 years and maybe, maybe hit like really big on a book deal or like a movie. <laughs> There's absolutely no guarantees. But like I'm not passionate about houses like you had mentioned HDTV the other day, Caleb. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like what kind of shows are on that channel? Like it just isn't something that gets me going but like you talk to me about like novels or movies or things like that stories and I just become enthralled and fascinated and so my what I love to do is just put my experiences on literal paper and share that with people so it gives them something to relate to and it can kind of help them through some of the struggles because I I write a lot not only about biking and cycling but a lot of that personal narrative and the things I've struggled with not only in college but just in life in general and you know like anyone I've had issues that I've had to try to surmount and that's an arduous process in and of itself. Mm. 
lot of lot of heat tonight, Coop. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just sitting in the wings, bro. Whenever whenever you want to pass the ball, let me know. Yeah, the, Coop, you you know how I get, man. I know how like, you get. It's all good. Q knows how I get too. So let me just pass that rock. It's all good. Uh, over to you, Coop. Uh, it, it's your show. That's phenomenal, Q. I love that. Um, can we? So when we were uh, getting you, re- you know, texting. You sent us a pretty uh I like how you said brief timeline. <laughs> um when I looked at this, I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely gonna be a, a, a great a great episode. Can we can we talk a little bit about so you move in 2018? Okay, first 2017, you got you had your first book published. Um the subject was a 2015. 20- 15 cycling journey to Canada during spring break, which is great. Publishing a book, that's phenomenal. And then yeah, I we kept need to get reading. into that. Yep, we I need kept, to get into that. Cool. I kept reading, and then I, I saw winter of 2018 move to Beijing, China <laughs> to teach English for one year. Um, Caleb, do you know anyone that's moved, that's moved to China to teach English? Uh, yeah, my grandmother in 1932 <laughs> or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, so, not, when was this, Q? That's 2018. Crazy. Winner, Q, let's talk about this. We got to okay. talk about the thought process, you know, what you learned. Um, yeah. Okay. China's an interesting story in the sense of, so I just got done biking across the country with my buddy. We went from St. Cloud all the way to Portland, Maine over the course of seven weeks. And... You know, that trip ends. And of course, like I'm a little depressed because it's like I've just had seven weeks of, you know, constant turmoil with my best friend, but also a lot of highs. And it's like I can't just start go working at RVs or whatever. Like I have to continue this adrenaline rush filled with ecstasy. And so I'm literally sitting in my parents living room, just scrolling aimlessly through Facebook and up up pops this ad and says, do you want to live in China? And of course, like I'm going to say yes. So I click on the ad. It's probably like a five sentence questionnaire, like name, date of birth. And like, do you speak English fluently? And I check all those boxes and I kind of just like, (laughs) don't really think anything of it. But the next day I'm quite literally sitting in the same chair and my phone starts ringing and it's a call from Beijing, China. And I'm like, okay. So I walk up, like go into the back room, like take this call. And it's, it's this woman who, you know, she's got a heavy Chinese accent. And she's like, do you want to, you know, you're serious about coming here? And I'm like, of course, like I wouldn't have clicked on the ad if I wasn't. And so um, long story short, it's a, it was a seven month process to get my work visa. But then, you know, I hopped on a plane at like 3.30 in the morning bound for Seattle. And then after a long layover, um, it was a 12 hour flight to Beijing. And, you know, that's where I ended up. Man. Did you? I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I'm just like, we're both dying yeah. to ask questions. <laughs> From laughter? <laughs> no, no, Q. That my story. Quick one, my, quick one, my quick one is, did you prep? Like, did you start learning Mandarin before getting over there? Obviously not. I, uh, <laughs> I, was, a, I was a liberal arts major, and I got, like, a master's degree in English, uh, which means I don't study for anything. Like, I'm pretty sure I failed math twice. Um, I funny. failed biology and oceanography. Like, don't, like, I, I'm one of those guys who if you make me read something I'm not interested in, like, I'll just, I'll just read, and my brain will shut off. I'll start thinking about something else. And so in direct relation to your question did i start learning mandarin i remember my mom asked me with like two weeks to go before i left like oh we should study i'm like you don't even speak mandarin like how are you what are we gonna study like these characters that make no sense um no i was just going over there and i was gonna wing it like a lot of like a lot of things i've done in life like even those bike trips fellas like it's not like i spend all this time planning like fortunately i have a couple really paranoid buddies who are great at planning but for me i'm just gonna show up and put my head down and and start riding and it was kind of that same mentality with china where you know they wouldn't bring me over if they you know knowing i don't speak mandarin like it, obviously there's going to be some people who speak english and so that was kind right. of the process so can we can we so can we talk like what's one like or maybe a couple lessons that you learned from your time over there in beijing yeah a couple lessons 
um, always be authentic, like always be true to yourself, you know, and, and even if that means potentially hurting people's feelings, like you have to live your truth. Like, um, you know, for example, I had a really good friend and then towards the end of our time in Beijing, like I started to have some issues with her cause I felt like she was being disingenuous, maybe not like the most truthful about things. And I remember consulting with a few people and I was like, Hey, what should I do? You know, like, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings but I don't feel like they're being truthful to me and it's affecting our relationship. And so, you know, everyone was like, Oh, just ignore it. Just ignore it. But my gut was like, no, I want to have this conversation because no matter how painful it's going to be, like we're both going to grow from it. But, you know, wanting to please someone um, other than myself, I, I, I reneged and I didn't do that. And what I ended up doing was just, you know, stuffing it deep inside my soul. And then the irony being is after I'd left China, like a bunch of stuff just kind of came out and that friendship kind of dissipated anyway. And so, uh, one lesson is, you know, just be who you are, you know, have, have the conversations you want to have. Um, because... Go ahead. Did... Did someone say something? Oh, um, but yeah, have the conversations you want to have and no matter how painful they are, because something will come of it, you know, and for instance, had I had that conversation and lost that friendship, well, I'd be better off for it because I did it on my own terms, as opposed to what ultimately ended up happening where the friendship just dissolved anyway. So mm. that's one lesson. Another one would be um, you should probably wear a mask because there's a lot of pollution in China. Um, <laughs> I didn't do that because like, mm. I didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, there's always like a, a pollution radar. And I just decided like, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to this. I'll like, be fine. I do. Um, beyond that, like you guys will love this. But chi- like guys in China, like if I go play basketball at a pickup court are super salty, like. I'm not even kidding you fellas. They will call the softest fouls and then they'll just like, you know, they'll just hack you to death on, on the other end. And they, they'll get mad when you call a foul. It's the craziest thing. But if you ever go to Beijing, go to like a, a park and play pickup. And those guys, like they hate, uh, they just very competitive with Laois, like foreigners. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. Love it. Great stories. That's awesome. Okay. So mo- moving, moving along this brief timeline that you gave us. Um, then 20, so one year in China, uh, teaching English, 2019 slash COVID returned from China and did some traveling the rest of the year, mm-hmm. Europe and South America. Let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'd always wanted to go to Europe as a kid because I, I kind of thought I saw it as a place that was full of decadence and sophistication. And, you know, it's it was always something I wanted to do. And, you know, I would like had I had more time, I probably would have spent more time like cycling around different countries. But, you know, I, I only had a limited budget. And so what I ended up doing is just, you know, going to a bunch of different bigger cities and cycling around those cities and seeing the sites and meeting some people and yeah, I'm not going to romanticize it and say like, oh, it was so amazing. And I like, it was a transcendent experience. No, it was just a, like a vacation. It was cool. But like, what's more important is the fact that, you know, I had like, I recognized the fact that I had, you know, a little bit of extra money and I had all this time. And so, you know, I could have spent that money and that time doing something else, but I always wanted to go to Europe. And it was like, well, why don't I just go there? And so I did it. And, you know, a lot of people, they talk about like, oh, I'd love to go do this, right? Like, I'd love to live. Mm. I'd love to go like, even just go down to Florida over spring break, but they never do it, fellas. Like they never do it because like, for whatever reason, they get in their own head and they say, no, I'm not going to do it. And it's like, to me, it's, it's, it's comical because I've spent so much time, like just persevering through, through my own hardships that when someone says, well, I can't do it. I really, I really kind of. Uh, I just interrogate them. I say, well, why can't you do it? And usually the, the answer is like, well, I just don't really want it that bad. And again, I, I don't know enough about you, Cooper, but I'll say with Caleb, like Caleb's a great example of a guy who wants it. You know, like I always see those stories on Instagram, of like going to see houses, going to, you know, like showings. And I apologize. I don't know uh, real estate terminology, but like I can tell you're putting in the effort. And um, that's just something like I admire about people is those who, go for what they want and and they do so unapologetically. Q, what, what do you attribute your attribute of being a action taker? Right. Where do you attribute that from? That's a good question, Caleb. I don't, I don't really know. You know, um, I, I actually had this conversation with someone not too long ago 
and uh, you know i wish i could say i had some like near-death experience that really like pushed <laughs> it. um but like no man i mean life is short gosh and like you know i have older relatives older parents and you can see the mortality in them and it's like i don't want to be in that i don't want to be their age one day and wondering like did i did i have enough fun in life a and b did i did i try my best to to be something and so mm. If I had to pick it, it's probably a fear of failure. Like I, I always look at, you know, like people in, in destitution, people who live on the streets or people who, you know, live off government checks. And I always am like, I don't want to be that. Like, I just don't want to be poor. I, I want to always have a roof over my head, you know, some food in the fridge. Because um, I, I don't know, like uh, money is not everything, but having a, a little bit of financial freedom, it, it goes a long way. A lot of, a lot of truths in there. A lot of truths in there because uh, I think I was talking to talking to somebody about how like, man, money's just a number on a screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, it's, and it's an important number on a screen, right? Don't get me wrong, um, but it's not the end all be all. And, and <clears throat> it sounds like you've had a nice blend uh, of both. But um, I'm, I'm sorry, Q. I know Coop's on, uh, Coop's on this timeline. Um, no, bro. It's so all, he probably it's wants. He probably good. wants to it's, keep this. He probably wants to keep this going. So, like, let's keep it going, Coop. Bro, it's just, it's just a reference, man. You know, you know, we don't ever plan anything on this podcast other than the first question. <laughs> That's how you do it. Oh, uh, man. So, twenty twenty signed a contract to publish my new my next book in the spring of twenty twenty one. This book covers the cycling trip to Maine in 2017. What's the title Q? I'm sorry. What's, what's the title? I've heard it before. I'm a a bad friend. No, it's all right. I'm not branding well enough. Um, The title of my first book is the long road North. The title of the Mm. second book is the long road East. Um, You could obviously kind of infer the meaning uh, from both of those titles. So I just, I just want to ask because when, when I look at this, I see a dude, that is committed that is going to get this book published right because i i assume when you sign when you sign a contract like i mean is it easy to break like i i I don't know i'm just i guess i'm just asking what what that process is like it's a good question like if if you know i'm kind of like an all-in type of guy I, i don't like I don't like people who are like, Hey, do you want to hang out this weekend? And it's like, yeah, like maybe like, no, like tell me yes or tell me no. Um, you know, when it comes to things like publishing a book, it's like, you know, I'm just going to sign it and then I'm going to publish it. And the irony being is <laughs> in many ways, fellas, the hardest part of writing the book doesn't come until you publish it or sign that publishing deal rather, because at that point you're negotiating with your publisher on certain things like content um you know again i signed this contract in july of 2020 and here we are in may of 2021 this thing's still not out it's just an arduous battle to get through publishing a book so as difficult as it is to write one um another thing i caution people on is it's equally as challenging to then publish the book because you know you have to battle your own paranoia you have to battle like finding spelling errors three months after you thought you caught them all like it's just uh you know there's a lot of different things and it, it really is a journey but um, you know, an artist, a creative type is better off for it once they go through it. <coughs> mm. Mm. I love that. I love that. Um, I don't think we've asked this question yet, uh, Caleb. Fear. Mm-hmm. Q, how, do, how have you dealt with fear in your life? Because I'm just looking at some of the stuff you've done and that I would definitely have some fear. Me mm-hmm. personally. That's interesting. I, um, you know, it, it's funny. If you talk to people really close to me, I have the most irrational fears in the world. Um, you know, like I'm just going to get like lightning's going to strike me down and, and I'm going to, you know, perish and wither away. Um, like I'll get wrapped up in, into things like that. But then it, it's crazy because it's like, you know, oh, let's let's go ride on the, on the side of like the road in upstate New York where there's no shoulder and there's cars blazing past at 60 miles an hour. I don't fear that. And I don't necessarily know why I think it's because, well, yeah, hmm. I guess I haven't really thought about it enough, but fear to me, I'm a, I'm a very fearful guy, like of certain things, no matter how irrational they are. 
But when it comes to like doing like a book or a bike trip or you know, even going and talking to like a cute chick at the bar, like you just have to do it. There aren't really any options because otherwise what's going to happen is if you don't, you're going to sit on your couch, on your chair, and you're just going to like ask, well, why didn't I do that? And that to me is more painful than failing. Um, <clears throat> it's funny, Caleb, because like even in basketball, like I, again, irrational fears, I like don't want to shoot the big shot at the end of games. You know what I mean? Like I'm so thankful we have Paris because it's like, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to give the ball to him. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's all, I, was, I was talking about this actually with, with Bryant, and I don't know if you know who some of these guys are, Cooper, but like, uh, you know, in, in other aspects of life, I'm just totally willing to like go out and just look like a fool and be a loser. But when it comes to basketball, it's like, no, I, I absolutely cannot miss the final shot. Like that's, that's impossible. So um, yeah, fear is a tricky thing. I, I don't necessarily know why I'm able to shut it off sometimes. And at other times I just turn into like, you know, a five-year-old child, but I, I certainly struggle with it. But when it comes to things like riding or even writing, um, I think I'm willing to look, I'm willing to take all the heat on, you know, like I think a good sign of a leader is someone who can accept not only what they're good at, but also what they're not good at. And so, you know, if you were to read my, my first book or especially the second book, there's a lot of things in there that portray me negatively. And I guess I kind of want that heat. I want that criticism. Um, I, I kind of relish in that. So again, the irony being, I won't even like shoot a big shot in a pickup basketball game, but, that's besides the point. Yeah, I, I just embrace <laughs> the things. I'm so intrigued right now, Q. That's very interesting to learn all that about you. I know for a fact now that, like, I can't pass you the ball. Like, it just... <laughs> we'll run five. <laughs> heard it, you heard it here first. Uh, no, no. So, so that's an interesting take on fear. And Coop and I love talking about fear because you kind of get to know like people's real emotions and it sounds like you've compartmentalized it you know as like hey, it depends on the situation right and did you i mean is that how you've always naturally been are you working on so you, so you said like good leaders know um you know what they're good at and what they're not good at is there anything that you know you're not good at that you're working on or do we have to read your book <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a laundry list, fellas. <laughs> um, you know, I have a lot of emotional growth that I still need to, to go through. Um, you know, a lot of like professional growth as well. Like I have to kind of hit my niche market. I have to try to like exploit that financially. And uh, those are all like I think will come with due time. But one thing I'd love to be is more empathetic and more understanding. And I don't do a very good job of that right now. Like I'm very critical of, of people very critical of myself like again like it's sort of crippling but i don't I, it's hard for me to forgive myself um it's hard for me to forgive other people especially if i i, I can't understand where they're coming from and so mm. yeah again a laundry list but one thing would be if i you know in the next couple of years if i could get better at understanding people that would be awesome but i have to put in the work and i have to continue to ask questions and, and learn so love it love it love it, love it. thanks um, love it Q, can you uh, let's talk a little bit um, about something you would tell your younger you, maybe like your 18 year old self? Mm -hmm. I definitely want to I'd want to work harder. Like, um, you know, let's tie it back to sports for a second. So, you know, I was always like a decent athlete, like decent basketball player, like was never going to make any money playing basketball. But certainly like I've always had kind of a feel for the game kind of always have always known my role, but had I worked harder in high school specifically and had a better attitude, like I probably would have played varsity, maybe ended up at some like junky D3 school, who knows, like, but that's where things would have ended. But like, I would have set that precedent earlier in life where it's like, mm -hmm. hey, man, like, don't be afraid to show up to open gyms. Um, you know, it, for example, in the summer, like it's kind of, I actually never told anyone this, but after my sophomore year of, of high school, like that was the last year I played, high school basketball but like every summer i'm sure you guys have had this like there's open gyms like monday to friday or something like that and i would always tell my parents like oh i'm gonna go to open gym and i would go and i would like walk but then i'd get to to the main street uh, of the city i lived in and I'd, I'd just go to a park and i'd read the star tribune like i'd read the sports section and so i was basically i was a liar in the sense of i wouldn't actually go to the open gym because i feared the fact that like oh people they didn't really know who i was like i wasn't very friendly and social 
And I just feared again, that failure of like walking into the gym and like not even being able to play because it's like, well, no one would ask me to be on their team. Like I didn't have the confidence to just go up there and like do it. Like I literally, like I went to, I think one open gym the other times I would just go and read about, you know, the Minnesota twins or whatever. Um, and so again, I wish I would have set that precedent earlier in my life and said, like, hey, man, don't don't be don't be afraid. Like the worst they can do is laugh you out of the gym. But, you know, when you're 16, 15 years old, you, you don't really feel you don't really think of things the same way you do when you're 28, 29 years old, obviously. That's so intriguing. Very. You, and it's so intriguing, too, because, you know, you're not 16, 17, 18 anymore. Right. So you're psychoanalyzing yourself um that's 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 super intriguing and and it's, and it's a thought you know everyone has regrets right um but but you're reading the, you were reading the star tribune um and obviously you're a writer and you're an english major um english master excuse me um <laughs> semantics the, 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 yes thank you uh tell us a book you know, and we plugged your. Oh, we can plug your books again. Obviously, your books, Q. Obviously, but what's something you or, or a few books um, that are must reads for you? Like, w- what should people be reading? It's a good question. Like, there's so many good books out there. Um, Jack Kerouac has a book called On the Road, and it's basically him and like a buddy or a couple buddies just kind of hitchhiking around the United States. And I think this is like 1940s, 1950s. Um, but I always kind of like envied that. Is he just, he lived with, without fear. He was just like, well, you know, like here's Jack Kerouac, a writer, you know, well-spoken, all these things. And he's kind of hanging out with delinquents, like these guys who, you know, get super drunk, cheat on their girlfriends, walk out on their girlfriends after they impregnate them, you know, like all these different things. That was a cool story to me. Um, this is kind of weird, but I like Chelsea Handler's books because she's very raw, very honest and very authentic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you've probably gathered this far in our conversation is like, I try to be as authentic as possible. You know, like in my books, like I don't sugarcoat things. I don't try to make myself look like a hero or like, oh, I'm anything special because I'm not like I'm just a tall, lanky white dude who is like, I'm going to try to be the best version of myself. And that's kind of what you see in in the books and, and with like cycling and all those things is um, that that pursuit of authenticity. But as far as books, like. I know I only gave you one title. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Um, gosh, that's a good question. I Q, love, let, um, let me, let, uh, you can tell me what you love, Yeah. but you read your books. You don't listen to them. Is that true? Yeah, I'm old school, man. Like, I didn't even want to do an audiobook, but um, I was advised to do it simply because, you know, more people, I think, listen to audiobooks these days. Who are you telling, Coop, right? I'm just listening, bro. I'm just in the wings. <laughs> I'm just in the wings. Q, Q, you, you're about to say you you love something and I cut you off. I apologize. Oh, it's all good. There's uh, I, I know profanity is kind of not desired on the show, but The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F-Word by Mark Manson is also a great book. Um, again, is, that, should we, is that a good book, Q? Like, is it a must-read? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many must-read books. I'll never get to them in my lifetime. But that is you know, a very popularized novel that I definitely recommend people read because it's he breaks it down in very layman's terms. Um, and uh, Yeah, you should read it if you guys haven't had a chance yet or listen to it. But, yeah, absorb it. Experience <laughs> it. Love that. Love that. You guys don't like uh, you guys don't like to like the tangibility of an actual book where, you know, you get that like kind of musty smell out those old pages just you know, flooding your nostrils. You guys aren't into that. So you go go for it. You uh, you want me to go? Okay. So, (laughs) so the answer is yes, I do. And the story I have is I think I was staying at, you know, some random Airbnb or VRBO up North with my wife. It was just like this little house. Right. And it's like, it's clearly like, it's a house. Somebody lives there and also rents it out or, you know, they have a bunch of stuff there. And like, yeah, I had terrible service up there at the time. I wasn't like a crazy real estate professional. You know, I was just kind of like, I had a weekend off, which is like, what? Um, <laughs> when I, and I read a book about the French resistance of World War II and it was awesome. And I took the time to sit down and to read it and like, 
you know, it's this old book written in the sixties. I'm sure like it was a great book. Loved it. I actually messaged the owner and I said, Hey, like I'm 80% through this book. Can I take it? And they were like, yeah, take it. No big deal. Um, so do I like that? Yes. And then I fast forward to where I'm at right now. And it's like, I want to read, but I also want to play hoops with my buddy Q on Thursdays. (laughs) And I want to talk to Coop on Mondays and me and my wife have a date night. And it just came down to like, man, like I have this iPhone. I'm always in my car for work. Uh, Don't use you. Don't use me as an excuse, bro. Coop, you're not an excuse. You're a reason. I okay. I take that back. I'm sorry. I'm finish. Um. So that's where I'm at. I I do enjoy both, and I think like it, like if me and my wife go on vacation, you know, maybe I'll snag a paperback or something. But like, man, listening is convenient. Um, as long as you're not distracted, Coop. What would you add to that? Uh, before I add, I just want to ask you about this book that you read about the. You said the French Revolution. <laughs> French resistance during World War II. How um, how big of a book was that? I'm just curious. I bet you this was like so the book probably fits in the size of a large male hand, and it was probably like 250 some pages. Is that how big is that compared to Good to Great? Good to Great, Coop. Man, you're making my head hurt right now with that book. <laughs> okay, I'm just okay. I, all right, I'll just leave it there. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get into it. With Q, you. Q, you remember? You know those books that your professor, like that you started reading in grad school. Like, <laughs> dude, I can't even like. That's what good to great is to me. But then, like, I talked to a couple of other my business partners, and they're like, "Yeah, this is my Bible. Like, you can't read this." And I'm just like, "Yeah, man, I can't. I can't read it." <laughs> so for me, um. I'm kind of like Caleb, like nothing beats like that smell of a, of a new book, but Mary, two kids, I run a crazy schedule. And so like when I'm driving, I just look for like where I can get a, get an audio book in quickly. Like on my way to work, when I'm at the gym, you know, like I can't pick up a book and read it during those times, but like my job just gave us, they gave us a book to read. And that, like, I read that just fine. Like, you know, so it, it, it just depends on what my time allows, but audiobooks are just, just a convenience. You know, I could just buy it, put it in, take notes on my phone. And then I discuss it at the end of the month with Caleb. Certainly. Could, yeah. Could I potentially give you guys um, just a, like a, a tidbit of advice? I know your circumstances are different because you're both married, but could I offer something real quick? I love, I love, I love that cue. Okay. Love it. Um, I would, I, so for me, like, again, I'm a single guy, so I have a lot more time than you guys do, but one thing I like, I don't overdo things. So I'll give you an example is like, if I'm reading a book, I'll just read 50 pages a day. And no matter if it's flowing well, or if it's a struggle, I just cut myself off at 50 pages. It doesn't matter like the size of the text, but the reason that's important mm. is like, if it's a 250 page book, you'll finish in five days where like a lot of people are kind of like, Oh man, I got to go out there and I got to read. 150 pages today or i got to finish this book this weekend it's like it's kind of like anything like don't try to like try to win the marathon as opposed to like sprint um break like it break it down is, yeah like <clears throat> another example is I, I i spend a lot of time working on my spanish and so like i don't spend an hour a day i don't i don't even spend 30 minutes i just spend 10 to 15 minutes when i wake up in the morning instead of going on facebook like first thing i do is i just open up duolingo and i start um you know trying to learn a few words before i hop in the shower so just like these little small increments actually pay off huge dividends. So like anyone who's listening to this and is like, I don't want to read that whole book. Like just read a, even read 10 pages and then read 15 the next day and just try to like win each day. I love what, that app Q. How long I, have you been on that app? Duolingo. Um, about a year and a half now. I love that app. I, I, I love what you just said Q. Um, because the, the book at my job, which was a hardcover, so I couldn't listen to it. Um, I literally did 15 minutes, like just, just read 15 minutes. And then after my 15 minutes, I was, I was done. Um, so it is doable. It is doable. And it's, it's good. It's good. It's good hearing that. Like, like you said earlier, people can find an excuse. Um, people always say they don't have time. People always say they don't have time. Right. Right. Cool. Like we, we hear that every day. All, all the time. Every I, day. It, when, it, people don't, when people don't say that, I just plug in my 
my AirPods. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna listen to my audio book. <laughs> and, and, and what I'm saying is, you make time for what's important. Mm-hmm. Like you, you will always make time for what's important. And what it, book? What book was that? Uh, everything oh. is figure outable. Yep, exactly. <laughs> have, you, have you read that? So, no. so cute. Uh, on the side, Coop and I read one book a month together, and some of our. Um, some of our followers, some of our friends, who uh, Coop's wife, who knows, right? Like, mm-hmm. they'll uh, they'll potentially read along with us every month, and we'll do a big book review. Um, shameless plug, but um, <laughs> what, where where I'm getting at is, especially in this book, everything is figure outable. Um, if you want something, you'll do it, right? And Q, you want to speak Spanish, like you're going to spend 10 to 15 minutes on it per day, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just, you got room for five things in your life, maybe 10, whatever that number is, you know, it, kind of like how you said you used to interrogate people like, okay, so you actually don't want to see the world. You just, you think it'd be cool. <laughs> it's not, it's right? not a priority, man. Like, and that's it's not a priority. You know, you were, you were saying that Q, like it's so, it's so, like, and I, you know, I, I study people, you know, I watch people and like people say they can't do A, B and C or they can't make, or, you know, classic examples. Like I can't start my LLC because it, it costs X amount of dollars, but in the same breath, you can go drop 200 plus dollars on some shoes. I'll see or, you downtown, bro. Or, or, or $1,200 on the new iPhone, but we can't invest it, you know? So like. It's just funny, you know, because like, you know, like we're saying, people make whatever they want, like whatever the priority is for them, they'll make, they'll make it work, you know, so. Right, right. Love it. Right. Tiene hambre. <laughs> to, to invoke a little bit of Spanish, but like, are you hungry? You know, like, how bad do you want it? And you kind of get down to the brass tacks of it, fellas. And most people aren't that hungry because we live in a pretty cushy life here in America. Um, mm. We do. We do. Mmm, man, that's Coop is very hungry right now, Q. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> literally or figuratively, both, <laughs> probably both. Yeah, probably both. <laughs> no, this was this was great. Um, Caleb, you about to say something? Nope, the rocks in your hand, man. Shoot that. All right, cool, cool, cool. No, this this was great, uh, Q. This this was a great episode. Um. Where can our followers link up with you? You know, if they want to reach out to you, where, where can they reach you at? Yeah, I'm pretty accessible online. So my name is Quentin Super, Q-U-E-N-T-I-N, like Quentin Tarantino. Um, but if you Google me, like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, like uh, I'm pretty easy to find. And obviously my books, uh, the title of the first one is The Long Road North. The second one, The Long Road East, has not hit bookshelves yet. But um, in the next month to two months, I anticipate that it will be available um, in, you know, on all platforms. So I'm excited about that. Audiobook two? Audiobook two? Audiobook two. Um, whenever I procure enough finances, I'll, I'll get an audiobook going for the first one. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on book number two right now, fellas. I love that. Um, I love that. Keep going. We didn't even get to talk about the ghostwriting, man. But like, just keep doing what you're doing. I love seeing it. Yeah, man, you too. It's it's fun to watch you because, again, like I, I extract a lot of motivation from you, even though I obviously don't do real estate. But like, again, like game recognizes game and people who are hungry, like I'll learn from Gary Vee. I'll learn from whoever, like mm. just consume worthwhile content and engage with worthwhile people. And I think there's a tremendous amount of value in that. Love it. Love it. Uh, just before we go, Q, I just want to say you're the third person in the last two months, I think, that said Google me. I love it. <laughs> I'm keeping a tab. I'm keeping a tab. I'm just saying the third person. I love it. Uh, that makes that makes me think of who's the rapper who said that? Jay Z or somebody like Google me, baby. Uh, I I don't know. I, I love it though. I love it. Yeah, I want to say thank you to you guys as well. This has been an awesome platform to you know share a little bit of my story, a little bit of my message. You guys are you guys are are good at what you do, and this has been fun. Thanks, Q. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks, Q. Appreciate you, man. Yep, for sure. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, fellas. Yep. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Another great episode. Dude, you dipped out at the end, dude.
Chiefs. Another great episode, Coop. What were you saying? I wasn't listening. Uh, I have my hater glasses on. Oh, you had the you mean the hater blockers? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. The hater blockers. It's all good. I'm I'm allergic, so I'm not gonna repeat myself. It's all good. That's what I thought. Anyway, uh, great episode, Coop. Um, phenomenal. It was a phenomenal episode, man. It's just a, I mean, we we didn't talk to so many cool people, man. Like this is fun. It is fun. It is fun. Um, takeaways. Takeaways: Be authentic. Um, be authentic. Say yes. Yep. You know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> and, and find your passion and go for it. Like maybe I'm repeating myself, but like I I know Q decently, but like I know him I know him a lot better now, and I love it. You know, like he's he's someone who I want to have a relationship with, which is the whole goal of this podcast. Yeah, it it yeah, it's great. And you know, it was great just hearing his story like I mean, from white riding bikes to writing books to teaching in China to traveling. And he said it great. Like he's had his struggles, you know, he's had to work through some things, but like again, the people that take the most actions are always the one that are the furthest ahead. Um you know, he's said it perfectly. Like the people that, like, how many people have you, do you know that? So, yeah, I want to make it over in Europe. Or like, you know, I want to travel the, the world or like even go to Florida or whatever. Right? I'm just, I'm just saying, you will make it happen if it really means that much to you. If it's just a wish, don't even say it. People just, lie a lot, Coop. You can just wish Especially it away. when they say, I want. Because, most things in life are figure outable, and if you actually wanted it, you'd figure it out and do it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't know how easy, how much easier it needs to be, you know. But yeah, that was a quick one. Um, I I, I love, feel like it was a long one, Coop. No, I mean, I mean our, I mean us right now. Chill. My bad. Why you always jump the gun, dude? I think I like I think I like getting the hairs on the back of your neck to rise. Like something inside of me just like let, let me see if I can get Coop going. I, I don't know what it is, honestly. Are you done? Yep, my bad. Coop, what did you take away from this episode? So one thing he did say though <clears throat> was uh I think he said before he went to China, he said he just came from riding uh, across America from like St. Cloud, I think, over to Maine, which mm-hmm. is crazy. We didn't touch on that. We um, didn't. We didn't. He he talked about the the high, right? Like he was excited, like it was awesome. And then he said that he just couldn't let that feeling go. He wanted to experience that again. Um, do you remember which book we just read? that said that certain type of people they just keep pushing for more and more because they like that feeling of feeling on top Uh, i'm aware okay you're not gonna say the book or well the book the book is relentless by tim grover love it love it love Um... it so it was it was really cool um hearing him say that because you don't you don't hear that you don't you don't hear a lot of people say that you know all you don't. Free, no, you, free, you don't. You you need to chill. You got everything already. You just went on this long bike ride. Can you relax? It's like, no, man. I'm going to just go on Facebook and, oh, China? I'm going to see what they're all about. Oh, yeah? You guys need somebody? I'm going to be there in seven months. Be there for gotta, a year. Come back. Got to keep going. Travel the world. I'm just saying. Phenomenal. Love it, man. Love it, man. Like when I hear when I hear people like that, like traveling, I just I'm, I'm thinking I'm still thinking small, dude. Isn't it crazy when 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 your 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 vision gets challenged? Oh, always, always. I, I, like I, Cooper Wallow Jr. told me tonight. He said, "You can't be a billionaire with this morning." He told me this morning, "You can't be a billionaire with a millionaire mindset." And I just was like. Dude, I'm just trying to have a chill night. Like, 
I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to inter- chill, chill morning. I'm trying to interview Quentin. And well, you, there, well, there you went and did it, Coop. You, well, you started it. And, you know, low key, I like challenging Caleb a little bit. <laughs> There's like only so many people in my life that can challenge me. And Coop is like trying to weasel his way into that group, man. Oh, it's all good. I love it. And what, what did I say? <laughs> I said, I said, buckle up. Buckle, buckle Buck, up. Buckle up. <laughs> We go, we going. <laughs> hey, so so Coop, appreciate you, man. This was a phenomenal episode. Sure, um, check out check out quentinsuper.com, Quentin Super on all the social. Check out the Long Road North. I believe there's another book dropping soon. Um, great episode. Link up with Q. He's a great guy. Another great episode, Coop. Another great episode. Uh, shameless plug. Please subscribe to the podcast uh rate and review uh let us know or if you want to come on and give us give us some suggestions like you did at the end there love it love it love it. always willing to listen always willing all right everybody see you next week see you next week yep bye